It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Caught! Touchdown! Did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in, joining us here on a Thursday, talking about what's going on in sports. Love to hear from you as well. Full Court Press text line is open, 435-339-0321, if you want to chime in. Uh, A couple different topics today. Uh, Well, we'll have our pick six, the return of pick six. I don't know if I can make it two in a row. You have before. Uh, It's been a while. It's been it's been a long while, but we'll see if I can uh, repeat. It'll be a challenge. It's always a challenge. <laughs> you actually have to try and pick six now. I know it used to be an automatic. I didn't have to try very hard. It's been very different these last eight months or so. <laughs> it's actually having to try at your job. Yeah, such a challenge. I know. Uh, we'll update what's going on with uh, college basketball. Um, interesting game. Last night in the Mountain West, which just further illustrates, you know, it can be tough to win in this league. And maybe a game that Utah State had um, earlier may not look that bad now after all. Uh, but we'll update you on that. Uh, I had a chance, as we uh, talked about yesterday, I had a chance to go uh, catch up with Stephen Ashworth after practice yesterday. And so we'll get a chance to hear from him. And, uh, Jason, you had a chance to catch up with Coach Odom today. Yeah, it was tricky because they ended practice early, and so I, like, barely got in. They'd actually already started because they're on a bit of a clock because they're going on the road. So a uh, bit of a tighter schedule. I came in, they just started, but I was able there, was able to ask a question. Uh, uh, Odom obviously gave a, some comments on Nevada, what he thought of them, you know, playing on the road again, some good players on Nevada. Uh, they got a couple of standout freshmen. They've also got uh, uh, Jared Lucas, who's having a, a pretty good year for them so far, and a much improved Nevada team from last year. So uh, yes, a lot there. It's going to be a tough game. Yeah. So uh, it, it, the interesting to see. We talked about this the other night. That it was a busy uh, schedule in the Mountain West on uh, on Tuesday. There was one game last night. And that was Boise State on the road at UNLV. Now, this is a UNLV team that had just gone on the road to beat New Mexico. And then they returned home. But Boise State went in there and just had a beatdown on the Rebels. Beat them 84-66. to uh, Degenhart was, you know, big. Uh, again, I mean, this he's having a good... Good year so far. Uh, beat the Aggies. Definitely played a big role in, in beating UNLV. 17 points, 12 boards, 6 assists for him. But 84-66 to 66 for Boise State on the road. So, yeah, that, that game on Saturday def- definitely stings for USU. But 
maybe it's illustrating that this Boise team, not too shabby. Now, this is kind of par for the course for them. They play pretty good basketball in the regular season, but when it comes to the tournament, they, they fade. So I uh, don't know if this year will be any different, but Boise State, well, these last few seasons have been one of the top teams in the Mountain West. Yeah, they've been a good team, and I, I said earlier that I thought they were pretty underrated, and right now they're they're looking like they're uh, they definitely were underrated. Granted, they did lose to Nevada. They're not undefeated in Mountain West play. They lost at Nevada. Utah State's going to Nevada. That's where Boise State lost. Tells you a little bit about this Nevada team, but now UNLV is really struggling to start the uh, Mountain West schedule. Granted, they've probably played the toughest uh, slate so far. Uh, they played San Jose State, who's 12-6. and six. They played San Diego State. They played New Mexico. Granted, that's the one that UNLV won. Uh, they, they, they beat ranked New Mexico, so whatever. Perplexing. And yeah. then they get blown the heck out by Boise State. So UNLV's 1-3 in somehow perhaps the toughest game for them. You know, I guess you debate whether San Diego State or New Mexico was tougher, but um, probably New Mexico because they had to go to New Mexico. Yeah. Um, and they won. So I, I don't, I don't even know anymore. Like just in any given night, some teams in the Mountain West just lay a complete egg. Like UNLV lays an egg against Boise State. Utah State did the same against Boise State. But you know, Boise State also lost to Nevada. So it's like these teams are going to be beating up on each other all year. Where it's like you think, okay, this is the best team. Okay, but what about that night? <laughs> like there's just there's just that night where you just weren't on. And it seems like just about every team in the Mountain West has had one of those at this point, except for San Diego State because they're undefeated so far. Uh, UNLV drops to 67 in the net. Um, (coughs) Boise State moves up, as you would suspect, but they didn't overtake the Aggies in the net rankings. San Diego State is at 21, Utah State at 24. Boise State did move up to 25. Uh, and Nevada, who Aggies will face tomorrow, they're at 34. Yeah, so uh, some pretty good teams get four teams in the top uh, 35. So you're uh, you know still looking at you know how many NCAA tournament teams. Some are moving up, some are moving down, like UNLV. But overall, you're looking <laughs> you're looking at right now four teams that could earn at large if you're using the, N- the NET as the primary metric, which Supposedly, it is. Yeah, we know they look at a lot of different factors. But, you know, this is going to be another quad one game for USU. Yeah. Um, and they they need those to bolster their resume. Uh, they're 0-1. That game at Boise was their first quad one game. Didn't go well for them. And they have to go back on the road again and play another tough opponent who plays pretty good when they're at home. Um, right now, Nevada is undefeated at home. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a challenge. It's gonna be a tough test, and it normally is. Yeah, this is a team that they're not necessarily elite at any one thing, but they do have in terms of defensive and offensive rating a top 100 offense, top 100 defense. Their biggest improvement from last year is definitely defense. They're rated like 250, I think 258th in defensive rating last year, um, and this year they're 84th. So, like I said, it's not elite at 84, but it's a lot better. You're bordering on 200 ranks better on defense, which uh, 
certainly helps. I mean, last year Utah State went into Nevada and beat them by 29. That was Nevada's worst loss of the season, and Nevada went to Kansas last year and lost. The national champions from last year That's right. didn't beat Nevada as badly as Utah State beat Nevada in Nevada. So tells you just how bad of a game that was. And it was obviously an outlier. I mean, Nevada comes to Utah State, loses by 13. Um, so the 29 was an outlier, but still, just Nevada wasn't that great of a team last year. This year they're a lot better. It's going to be a lot tougher matchup. And they're not going to walk out with a 29-point win. No, I, I would not foresee that. Uh, getting to the full court press text line uh, again. If you want to weigh in, four three five three three nine zero three two one nine three one five. Texting in. Question: Watching the team warm up before the game. That I was s- from yesterday. That was oh, that was yesterday. I missed that. You said that. You, I guess you read that one then. Yeah, you uh, weren't quite back yet when that one came in. Okay, then I'll move on. You're right. That does say Wednesday. Uh, he did send another text in. Says you mean Stephen Splashworth? Can we just get it right? I know the full court press is the home of the Aggies, right? Yeah. We call him Sir Stephen Splashworth. <laughs> I should have asked him about the uh, the nickname. I, I didn't ask him. Yeah, we asked Taylor Funk about the nickname Daddy Funk. That I know one of the guys in the in the athletic department keeps trying to give to him. It's not catching on. It's not not working. No. No. Uh, so yeah, we will hear from Stephen Splashworth here in a little bit. Uh, four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to weigh in, but um, yeah, the game. So uh, for the Aggies, it's tomorrow, and you know, looking at uh, there's no games tonight throughout the Mountain West. Uh, Utah State has the only Mountain West game tomorrow at Nevada, nine o'clock tip. It's a late tip, but it'll be on FS1 for those who want to watch it. Uh, Nevada favored by a point and a half. Yeah, that's. About fair, I, I think. These are two teams that are they're close in the net. It's at Nevada. Two teams with very similar records. Uh, actually, might be just about the same. Utah, uh, State, oh, Utah four, State's 14-3. and three, Nevada's 14-4. Yeah. and four. So, Yeah, so slightly different. Um, so, yeah, you, you'd think that Nevada would be favored by one here. Or one and a half. Um, so, hopefully Utah State can uh, come a little close to covering that than they were... The, of the what one point five point spread at, at Boise, <laughs> they they didn't uh, they didn't cover that one. Hopefully they'll be a little closer in this one. Yeah, earlier in the year, yeah, they beat Boise seventy four seventy two, so it was a really close game. Boise's only conference loss, um, so far, but um, you know they they just lost to uh, to San Diego State. They went to San Diego. And lost Nevada did lost uh, seventy four to sixty five, they blew out San Jose, sixty seven to forty, they blew out Colorado State eighty to sixty nine, Air Force was a pretty close contest seventy five to sixty nine, so you know they've had some close games they've had some blowouts so it's kind of a little bit all over the place for this Nevada team. We also have to consider who they played. Uh, probably the Colorado State game surprises me the most. Um, though I think Colorado State's injuries are starting to catch up with them a little bit, and they've been they've been struggling. Uh, earlier in the year, despite the injuries, and then later as guys are starting to come back, thought, okay, this team might start to get back on track and be a bit of a dangerous team. But 
the Rams are just one and four in conference play so far. Yeah, Colorado State, Air Force, and Wyoming seem to be forming the the bottom of the conference right now. So, uh, yeah, just not doing so hot. <laughs> not doing so well. And and two of those three were expected to be among the top. Yeah, tops in the whole conference. <laughs> that is, like, yeah, like Air Force. Granted, Air Force is exceeding expectations. So just saying that they're at the bottom of the conference is downplaying a little bit of the improvements they've made. But yeah. Yeah, the fact that Colorado State and Wyoming were supposed to be like two of at least the top four, if not two of the top three, that's been uh, that's been quite the revelation. Where I don't think people expected UNLV, New Mexico, and Utah State to form like a, a core, and even Boise State, where it's like, yeah, the expected teams were San Diego State, Wyoming, everybody else. San Diego State's about the only team in this conference that's actually lived up to its expectations, good or bad. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> it's true because everything else is uh, different than what we all thought yeah. before the season started, whether good or bad. Yeah, because Colorado State, Wyoming have tanked, you know, and Utah State, UNLV, New Mexico, and Boise State have all generally over overperformed their expectations to varying degrees. Utah State may be the biggest jump well, out even, of all those. Uh, even New Mexico is expected to be a top three team, right? They're yeah. in the middle of the pack right now. Yeah. The, so they've strong start to the season, but now they're in conference play. They're two and two. Yeah, they're not doing as well. And then you know, Air Force, like I said, they're they may be the bottom, but people are expecting them to be like three hundreds, and they're in the uh, you know, kind of just ahead of two hundred. If you look at their average ranks, I think they're they they might be in the two hundreds in the NET. I'm uh, looking that up right now. Yeah, they're, they're at one forty four. Yeah, so yeah, in the NET they're way outperforming. Um, I think some ranks have them in the 200s. But, yeah, still, so they were a team that was expected to be low 200s th- into the 300s in, in most ranks, and they're in the solid 100s in a lot of ranks. Yeah. So really overperforming there. But And really the only team that has an excuse for what it's doing relative to its expectations is probably Wyoming. I know Colorado State has some injuries, but Wyoming's missing five players right now. Yeah, it's significant. Like, that's... You know, missing one player, okay, or one or two for Colorado State. Chris Isaiah Stevens didn't even miss that much time. No, I, he we, came back early. Yeah, it sounded like he was going to be a long injury. I mean, he was on the all, se- all uh, preseason team, first team, and uh, uh, going to be this big impact player for them. And then he got hurt because he got hurt right after the ballots were submitted, <laughs> uh, and so Colorado State still was placed very high uh, despite his injury. But we were expecting him to be out for a while, that he might not return until January. Well, he came back a lot sooner than that, but they've still struggled. And so that, that is a bit, a bit of a surprise to see where Colorado State is relative to what we thought they'd be, even with guys coming back from injury. Um, so anyway, bottom of the line here is that you know, Utah State's going against the Nevada team that's right now second in the, in the conference, in the standings. They're 4-1. and one. Um, they've had some pretty interesting games on their schedule where uh, they played some common opponents. Utah State played Loyola Marymount, beat them. Nevada played Loyola Marymount and lost by 12. Um, So it's about the only team I see that's, well, I guess uh, Utah Tech played both schools and kind of similar outcomes, although they beat Utah Tech the wider margin than the Aggies did. But, um, you know, this has been a pretty solid Nevada basketball team. Pretty balanced team, too. 
Yeah, definitely balanced. They've got a, they got several good players. I mean, they lost. Nevada lost their top two leading scores, um, in um, Grant Sherfield and uh, Desmond Cambridge, and they're doing better despite having lost those two players. Um, so it is kind of interesting how they're doing this year, where they've got Jared Lucas, they've got some other players. I'm trying to look up. Well, Kenyon Blackshear. Uh, he's yeah, averaging he was, 14 points a game. Yeah, he was on the team last year, but he's taking a jump up. Even though he's not really playing that many more minutes, he's averaging like six more points per game than he was last year. It's just kind of a rotation and, you know, more of a backseat player. You might think, you know, Max Jolga, where I guess he's playing more minutes, but obviously just uh, playing a different role in terms of uh, what he's able to do. So it is it is interesting how Nevada has made – a lot of these improvements and have become a balanced team despite losing, you know, two major guys. Um, and again, a lot of that does come down really more to defense because offensively they lost a 19 point per game score and a 16 point per game score and replaced it with one 16, almost 17 point per game score. This really does come more down to being a little bit more balanced and being a lot better on defense. That's where this team has made these significant improvement. Uh, to where they have more wins now than they did last season in its entirety. And they still have you know, a full month and a half to go. Yeah, we're like halfway through the season, basically. Maybe a little less. Or a little a little more than halfway. We're a little more than halfway, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it's a much improved team. It's a fairly experienced team, but they do have two uh, freshman contributors. One of them starts... Um, Darian Williams. He's been uh he's he started fifteen of the eighteen games he's played. And then Nick Davidson, another freshman, he's not a starter, but he's very much in that sixth man role, plays about twenty minutes a game. And those are a pair of guys who average around seven, eight points per game and are well one of them, Darian Williams, is their best rebounder. <laughs> like seven rebounds. He he averages more assists than their six eleven center. So there's there, there's there's some he averages more assists than oh, the six eleven center. Excuse me, rebounds. Oh, okay. It's like, well, that that sounds okay, <laughs> but that he does <laughs> average more assists than the six eleven center. But yeah, it's the rebounds. Their six eleven center averages four point eight rebounds per game. I I don't know where that, where that happens. He's it's like a, an activity level. Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he he's, he's their third leading scorer. He plays a lot of minutes. Actually, he doesn't play a lot of minutes, actually. He only plays like 23 minutes. Yeah, Williams is uh, twenty. Yeah, almost 29 a game. Yeah, yeah. so interesting team. We'll get an up-close and a uh, nice look at him. Uh, one thing that does worry me is um, in we were talking to uh, Coach Odom. They are asking if, if Jared – or Al actually asked if Jared Lucas compares to, to Grant Sherfield from last year. Um. You know, Luke is a six-three guard. Sherfield's a six-foot-two guard. And uh, Odom said he he didn't compare to Sherfield. Instead, he he said he compares more to uh, Cameron Tyson from Seattle. Uh oh. And that set off alarm bells. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what he said. Yeah, he's not like he's not like him. But he, he's more like the guy Tyson that we played from Seattle. You know, than he is uh, him. He's got a little bit of Cambridge in him. Uh, 
you know, because he wants to score. Like, he's wired to score. He's really good at it. Uh, he's done that at Oregon State. He's done, doing it now again at Uh, it's uh, not good to compare to anyone named Cam. No, this it's year. not. <laughs> the, the curse of the Cam is is on in full. Um, I don't know if Coach Odom's paid any attention to that. <laughs> I should ask you about. It. Like, uh, you guys know that you guys do really badly. If somebody else named Cam comes up against the Aggies, I'm going to ask Odom about it. <laughs> See if he noticed it all. What if they start checking middle names on some of these guys, <laughs> should I? <laughs> I don't know if a lot of their middle names are public. Yeah, they may not be. Usually you don't even find out their birthdays unless they go pro. Or at least uh, their age sometimes. That's right. Uh, all right, so more about Utah State and Nevada. Uh, coming up here on the Full Court Press, we'll hear from Steven Splashworth. Uh, more from Coach Ryan Odom. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We have the our pick six coming up. Uh, the, next, or the second round of, of voting has been released for the NBA All-Star Game. Did Lowry market and make any moves uh, up or down uh, or any other jazz men uh, make it onto the list? We'll discuss that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m., Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options and the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. Les Olson IT is your source for top quality technology. We carry the latest desktop and laptop PCs in stock, configured to your specific needs, and backed by our award-winning support team. And if your business demands high-performance hardware, we offer custom-built computers that can tackle any task. We also offer great computer accessories like monitors, keyboards, speakers, Fujitsu document scanners, and more. Get a quote today. Les Olson IT. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Hey. 
Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Uh, remember, you can chime in on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, Utah State getting ready for Nevada. Uh, the two teams will square off late tomorrow night, 9 o'clock tip-off on FS1. Pre-game coverage with Al Lewis and Jalen Moore on KVNU starting at 8 uh, for a full one hour before the game. And you watch it on FS1, and then when it's over, uh, turn on your radio uh, or pull up the mobile app and stream along with Al and John Russell and to chime in as to what happened. Can Utah State continue their uh, offensive uh, efficiency that got them back on track against Wyoming? Or will they, you know, uh, will it be another situation like they were the last time they were on a road game in the Mountain West in a quad one game where they struggled uh, on the road? So, uh, you know, I don't know if time of day will be any different, but sometimes those afternoon games can be kind of different, just it's different than your routine. But, I mean, they were playing afternoon games at, in different start times when they're doing these, uh, you know, different tournaments and throughout the non-conference schedule. So it shouldn't have been that weird for USU for a 4.30 tip-off at Boise State. But uh, certainly at, at local time, it'll be more like an 8 o'clock tip there in Reno. So shouldn't be out of the ordinary too much for USU. Yeah, and it'll be a similar start time to the uh, the Boise State game. So, um, what do you mean, the Wyoming game? The, yeah, the, yeah, the Boise State game, I guess, was like at 2.30, and Wyoming was at 8.40. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so similar, I guess, to Wyoming, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's any correlation to start time. Because it just, it just seems to be there's just random times where a team just doesn't have it on a certain night. Um, You know, and, and last year was an example where Nevada just didn't have it when they played Utah State in Nevada. They just weren't themselves that day. Even though they weren't a great team, they weren't, lose by 29 at home bad. It was just, they just happened to catch him on a good night. Um, so, and, and we'll see, you know, if Utah State's not shooting as bad as they did against Boise State, I mean, this this Utah State team is undefeated in games where they shoot at least 43% from the field. You know, to lose at Boise State, they had to shoot 39%. Then the other, and then Boise State obviously had to have the night of their lives in terms of shooting as a team where they're shooting almost in the 60s and 70s from three. So, yeah, they shot 57, almost 58% from three, Boise State did. So, as long as there's nothing insane in terms of outlier on the low end shooting from Utah State, outlier on the high end from, say, Nevada, this will be a close game. Um, Utah State could blow out Nevada if they're super hot like they were uh, in some of the other games. Not necessarily Wyoming, where they were good, but not necessarily insanely hot. Because um, they only shot 44% from three. <laughs> only. <laughs> only. It's only slightly above their average. Um, yeah, I'd expect, you know, if Utah State shoots a decent percentage, somewhere around 45 46%, shoot, you know, high 30s, low 40s from three, that gives them every chance to win this game. And that'll be the offense pulling its weight. And then we'll see how the defense does. Um, Nevada's got some skilled players. Um, Lucas, obviously, you know, being a six foot three, you know, kind of volume shooting guard. It's interesting because Lucas actually doesn't have great efficiency from the field. Um, I think he's shooting 
overall on the season, which is not horrible when you're looking at a, you know, a volume shooting guard. And especially given that a lot more of his shots are threes, which will drag down your percentage naturally, but not necessarily in a bad way. But still, anytime your leading scorer is shooting under 40%, it's a bit of a cause for concern. Because you know, it means that while he's certainly capable of going off and having the 20-25 point and sometimes even the 30-point games, it means those guys can be prone to just having off nights. And they're more prone to having off nights because everyone has off nights. But he's more prone to have a 3-for-17 game where he's just completely off. And so if the Aggies can catch him on that and force him into that, all the better. It's obviously not a guarantee, but with a guy who shoots 39% on the year, you can maybe force him into that a little easier. Yeah, and this is going to be an interesting battle between Lucas and and Ashworth because uh, those are the two guards who really are are driving the ship for their teams right now. Uh, the, The thing with Utah State, though, is that, as we've seen, Funk can have a night where he leads the team. Um, you know, Bearstow can play well. Shulga can play well. Uh, Akin can have a big impact. Uh, Nevada has multiple guys who can impact the game as well, but you know, this is you know, really the, the leading scorers uh, for the team on the season for Nevada and Utah State are right there at that guard position. And so who both like to take threes. Um, I haven't really been able to scout Lucas. I don't remember from watching him before what kind of a defender he is. But um, that's going to be a good defensive assignment for Ashworth, and that's a good good assignment for him. I, I think that he's he's a pretty pesky defender. Yeah, he's a pesky defender. We'll see in terms of quickness and strength. Um, Lucas is you know 195 pounds, which is you know solid for a, for a college guard. I think Ashworth only comes in buck seventy five, buck eighty. Uh, I don't know how generous Utah State is with their weight listings, but <laughs> um, Ashworth may not be able to in terms of strength you know, go with Lucas. But if he's able to stay in front of him, then that's fine. You know, challenge, contest, you know, don't make things easy. Um, Maybe there will be times where they try and put Max Shulga on Lucas. You know, Shulga being a a better defender, uh, better technically in terms of defense. A lot more length. Yeah, and a lot more length. That's obviously, you know, another another big reason why you put him on there, where he's 6'4", Lucas is 6'3", so you have a length advantage rather than a length disadvantage with Ashworth. But then that either means that Ashworth isn't on the court or you're trying to hide him on somebody else, which doesn't really work. All right, because Blackshear, he's six foot six, Yeah. And he's their second-leading scorer. Um, and he's got even more weight on him. So you have to have you know, probably Shulga or, or Bearstow assigned to him to slow him down. Yeah, so Shulga would probably only match up with Lucas if Ashworth isn't on the court. Or if Nevada's playing small and, and has somebody else. But I don't know if their lineup... If the rotation has anything for, yeah, they don't really have anybody else where they they'd play small. They've got really good length. They don't really play anybody consistently that's under six three. Heck, they only have one guy under six three on the roster. Heck, two guys under six three on the roster. Only one of them's healthy. And I think he's a freshman who's played what one game, two games. So this is a long team, but I don't think that necessarily means Ashworth can't be useful. But the, the, one of the interesting things for Ashworth is how is Nevada going to defend him? Because teams are locking in on Ashworth, and it's you know in the Mountain West, it's it's led to him struggling a little bit, where he's had back-to-back games where he's not scored double digits. He had like a 
12-game stretch where he was averaging like 17.5 points per game. Well, in the last two games combined, he has like 12 points. He had uh, four points at Boise and eight points against Wyoming. Granted, he was still impactful in that Wyoming game in other ways. So if he's able to continue that, then it's fine. But still, this is Utah State's leading scorer. You know, you'd like to see him have a little bit more impact in terms of points because that's one way where he's been really positive is, you know, his scoring output. He's able to influence and impact the offense in other ways. He's basically, he's got the golden touch in terms of his offensive impact on lineups for Utah State. And some of that is, you know, stuff he does aside from scoring, but part of that is his scoring. So you'd like, you know, especially in a road matchup, you'd like to see him be able to score and do some of these other things. And it doesn't need to be 25 points. He doesn't need to go toe to toe, you know, shot for shot, toe to toe with, with uh, Lucas. But 12, 14 points, perfectly fine. Hit a couple of threes, get some points in there, you know, get some assists, put some pressure on them because they sell out on his three point shot. Yes, Wyoming did that a ton, and Stephen Ashworth, you know, turned that into probably for the first time since his high school days, putting pressure on the rim where he made de- defenders guard the rim when he was heading toward the basket, which, which doesn't happen a lot for him. He, he has, you know, other tools. And, you know, being six foot, it's hard to put rim pressure on. But he did that because he was smart enough to know, I'm not getting open threes, so he pushed, you know, offense in other ways. Well, right, and, and also helping to set up his teammates, right, because the attention's on him, and maybe they're, they're kind of sloughing off a little bit, keeping an eye on Bearstow or, or Sholga, and all of a sudden, here, these guys are slashing to the basket. Or you know they're open for an outside shot or funk, uh, so it's uh, it's okay that he has his own gravity. That's probably a good thing. It may make it tough for him to get a shot in space, but uh, it helps set some things up for his teammates. And that was one of the fun things to watch in that Wyoming game is that ball was moving around and they were sharing the ball and having a really good time playing basketball. And we see just how effective and lethal they can be when they're doing that. Yeah, and they're doing a really good job at you know driving kick or just drive and finish, and we've seen that in games where teams have sold out on the three. We saw it against you know San Francisco, um, and uh, some other teams where they just said, "All right, you're not shooting threes," and Utah State just says, "Oh, all right." You know, you got guys diving to the rim. Dan Akin having huge nights where he scores sixteen or twenty points. Um, where you know Stephen Ashworth will try and drive to the rim, dumps it off to, to Akin or Sean Bairstow or anybody. Um, we'll say, all right, don't want us to shoot threes? We won't. So we'll see if Nevada tries that. Um, there's not really been a team yet that's really, you know, completely forced Utah State off of threes. I know there have been nights where Utah State's shot poorly from three, but that's usually just been them. Teams have rarely been able to shut Utah State out of threes and interior defense. Boise State's probably the closest yeah, they've come. Boise's probably the, the the best team that was able to do yeah, that. Where it felt like they certainly had more of a defensive impact than say a Weber State or an SMU, where it just felt like Utah State just wasn't themselves those nights. Uh, all right, we're going to take another time out here in the full court press. When we come back, let's hear from Stephen Ashworth himself. Uh, just his thoughts about getting that win at home after uh, losing on the road, and just uh, how this Mountain West schedule. Uh, maybe a little bit different than their non-conference schedule 
and uh, just his expanded role on the team now as well. It's all coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Let's talk about getting your car registered. What a pain. With registration and emissions, it takes hours. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan, across from Angie's, will take that pain away. Stop in to get your oil changed and have the emissions test done. Then re-register your car. It's that easy, all in one stop. The best thing? You can stay in your car while their trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main. Open seven days a week. Let's start the new year right with a huge winter clearance at Daryl's Appliance. You know Daryl's for their scratch and dent appliances. Now save an extra 10% off through January 14th. They have selected appliances marked down to move fast. Plus, get 18 months financing on your purchase and you'll get Daryl's exclusive additional two-year warranty. And the famous Daryl's difference because service always comes first. Only at Daryl's Appliance West on Airport Road. It's the Full court press. One of the things that's also kind of perplexing in watching this team is uh, the use of Rudy Gay. It makes me wonder if they're just trying to still showcase him so they can move him. <laughs> what are they trying to move him for? A ham sandwich? <laughs> Honestly, like, what are they getting out of him? I don't know what they could get like out a, of him. Like a soda taking, machine? He's getting space and taking up time that younger developing players should be able to get. Weekdays from 4 to 6, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435 435- 5257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac Automatic Standby Generators. Power you can count on. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. It's that look in her eye when you get the first sign. We make it personal, you know when it's real. Something for everyone, you know how They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Of course, we'd love to hear from you as well. 435-339-0321. So I was asked to go uh, participate in a career day at one of our local elementary schools. And they had like four different sessions. Like kids would come in and they were with me for about 20 minutes. I'd kind of tell them about what I do, field questions from them. And then another group would come in. And that's about four different times today. Um, and it was interesting. It's always fun. Talk to kids about what we do here. And even ask, what's radio? <laughs> no, I didn't get any of those. <laughs> but uh, I didn't really know like in what context they wanted me to go and talk about what I do here because there's a lot of different hats. That yeah, you wear a lot wear. of hats. Like. And so I, like, I don't, cause they wanted me to prepare a presentation. I'm like, I don't know what to focus on. So I covered a lot of different topics. But I get there, and they have me down as sports reporter. So I'm like, oh, okay, we'll focus on sports stuff. <laughs> I had one group 
where I kid you not, the kids were there for like 20 minutes, and 15 of those 20 minutes were them asking me various versions of, have you ever talked to this athlete? <laughs> have you ever interviewed, insert whatever famous athlete you can LeBron think of. James. It was everything from LeBron James, Kevin Durant, um, Messi. Um, <laughs> the only athletes. Was, how old were these guys? Uh, third, third, fourth, and fifth graders. Why are they doing a career day at that age? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, they they had a firefighter there, someone from the army. Half of them can't even tie their own writer, shoes. How are they supposed to know what they want to do for their career? <laughs> I don't know. So it was it was entertaining. It was fun. I didn't find out I want to be a sports reporter until I was like twenty. Yeah, same. I mean, I didn't until I was in college and like on the ground, like doing some of these things and taking some classes where you get introduced to different things. It's like, oh, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's fun. Yeah, like, I, I, I want to do more of this. Like I didn't really discover, like fully realize I loved writing as much as I did until, like I said, like. After high school, granted, looking back, there were some pretty big signs, but, <laughs> you know, a big interest in creative writing and things like that. But it's like, oh, yeah, I like writing. I like sports. and Let's give it a go. Well, for me, after high school, it was poli-sci. I mean, that was. Yeah, well, that was your first mistake. Yeah, I know. And I started to realize, well, if I do this, if I pursue this, that means I have to do this, this, and this. And that doesn't sound very Basically funny. means you can teach poli-sci, become a politician, or go back to school and get a business degree. Yeah, or like, oh, you can be a lawyer. Well, I don't know if I want to be a lawyer. Yeah, or go to law school <laughs> or med school. Like that's that's basically what you do is like you get a poli sci or history degree, and then go to med school. <laughs> you go do something else. Yeah. Uh, off topic, briefly, <laughs> but uh, I did get a chance yesterday. Uh, one athlete I have had a chance uh, to interview was uh, Stephen Ashworth, and I got to talk to him yesterday after practice, and um, I just catch up with him about how the season is going so far and. And now that they're in conference play, is it is it any different? And now he's got uh, he's inserted back into the starting lineup again. So I talked about that briefly as well. Uh, but uh, this is Stephen Ashworth after practice yesterday. So there there may have been a comment or a question or two about last night, and that was in reference to the Wyoming game that was played on Tuesday. So uh, again, here's Stephen Ashworth after practice yesterday. Stephen Ashworth, where you guys are now in conference play, uh, is it? Are you noticing anything different than when some of your compared to some of your non-conference games that you played? Is the intensity level increased, or have you noticed any difference so far? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think there is a little, um, a few differences you see in conference play. There's a lot of familiarity with the different programs. Um, there's urgency in the fact that. It's a, in a way a new season, new opportunity to get off on the right foot. Um, and so, you know, teams are playing with that new life. And so with that comes added sense of physicality. And um, also I think it's another element on defense. You know a little bit more of what they want to do because you just played against it last year and a lot of the same players or coaches or things like that. Um, and I don't know if this league had a new coach this year. so. A lot of that still sticks around. So I'd say the biggest difference from non-conference to conference is familiarity um, for me. Started out the season in conference play with a couple, like one team after another that kind of a slow it down pace, grind it out, physical, tough defenses. 
I know Wyoming's down a couple of guys, but they're still pretty tough, yeah. tough team. But you guys were able to really open things up again offensively, kind of get back to what has been Aggie basketball for this season. How did that feel last night? It looks like you guys were having a ton of fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. The spectrum was packed. The herd was huge. You know, section F to M was completely full, which was super fun to see. And we're definitely going to need more of it as the as the season rolls along. And I think that our defense really sparked that offensive caliber that we're able to play at. And so when we can get stops and get out and run, that's where a lot of our guys are at our best. You know, Sean is really hard to stop when he's going downhill. Max as well. And then when you can have the spacing of Taylor and myself or out there on the perimeter, um, it makes it hard to guard and transition. And, you know, we can attest to that just trying to guard ourselves and practice some days. So uh, I think that's when we're at our best, and that was what we were able to show last night for sure. Now I know that uh, you were kind of one of the biggest six men in the conference last year and started this season as the sixth man for USU, but you've been put into the starting role. How does that or, or does it change your mentality or approach to a game as a starter now as opposed to knowing you're going to be one of the first guys off the bench? Um, it, it doesn't change a whole lot for me. I've always kind of prided myself, even throughout high school, being a guy that does whatever it takes to win, whether that's scoring points or finding guys and facilitating or coming up with a few defensive rebounds type of things. And so I think, um, you know, being back in the starting lineup, there's just a few differences in uh, the personnel that I'll kind of be in the rotations with for the most part. And so making sure that we're all playing to our strengths is one of the things that I try to focus on. Some nights that might be uh, myself shooting it more and scoring more. Some nights it might be a little bit more like last night where I was able to find some guys, get them in rhythm, and just let Taylor keep hitting from behind the arc. <laughs> You've got Nevada coming up, uh, another road test, a tough team to, to play at their house. Yeah. What are you kind of early early looks at the Nevada, what they're looking like this year? Yeah, they've uh, they've been playing really well. They've got some good transfers, uh, a great coach who knows what he wants and uh, knows how to get what he wants out of his players. And so, once again, it'll be another tough road test, um, another chance to prove ourselves. We felt like we let ourselves down on our last road opportunity. So I'm excited to, to go out to Reno and be able to, you know, put our, put our work to the test for sure. All right, Stephen, well, best of luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, yeah, Stephen Ashworth stepping into, which, you know, it's he's been doing this now for a little while, but stepping into that starting role uh, for USU and filling it nicely, um, certainly a bigger scoring presence than, than Ryland Jones was. Uh, Aggies missing Ryland's you know, defensive presence on the court, kind of understanding where guys are, where they should be. But, uh, you know, Stephen is stepping into that. It, the, really, the, the, the question is, what if, if Stephen goes down, if there's some need to back up Stephen Ashworth, what does that look like? Yeah, that is that is a real worry because Utah State can survive just fine, largely because Max Julga has really come into his own as a passer. He is very clearly the other ball handler here. I think he's the leader in assists on the year, I think, for the Aggies, if I'm not completely mistaken. Um, Double-checking that before I actually go on record saying that. Um yeah, he actually has the most total assists, and per game, it yeah, you know, seventy four assists, and that's a little almost. It's like four and a half per game, so Cholga very much capable of passing. But yeah, you know, in in Ashworth obviously takes that starting point guard spot. But yeah, without Ashworth, then suddenly, you're there's not too many other bodies out there. Probably um, RJ, but even then, that's again, you're just 
trying to get other guys to who can handle the ball. They're not necessarily initiators and facilitators. Maybe that's a better word. Facilitators like Ashworth. Yeah, you basically be down to you know Shulga. He could he can very much play that role, but at that point you're looking at depth as well. And you mentioned RJ is like the only other one who can really be an initiator. Um, Bearstow a little bit, but still not to any of the same degree as Ashworth, Shulga, or Jones. And then you're worried about depth because like Shulga can't be out there all the time, and um, and the only other point guard like players on the roster are the bench brigade guys, the yeah. you know Connor, Connor Odom, Odom and, and uh, Connor Gillis, and I don't even know enough about to know if they could play that role anyway. Um, so you'd really be worried about depth at that point. So hopefully Ashworth is able to, you know, he's got a good record in terms of durability. He's not, I don't think he's really missed any significant amount of time. I mean, he even rolled his ankle, you know, pretty good in one game, came back <laughs> and played. Or I think it was, no, it was in practice, I think, in like an open scrimmage or something. He rolled his ankle. I don't know, maybe that was Jones. Ash, Ashworth at some point rolled his ankle and he came back and played. Yeah. Um, so he, he's, he's got, you know, a solid record of durability. Uh, 9952 texting in, watching Ashworth with Odom reminds me of watching Connolly and Hardy from the Jazz. Ashworth could be a great coach in the future. Yeah, certainly, you know, point guards, when you're talking about initiators, they just end up seeing more of the game and they're more involved in the offense, and that sometimes just makes uh, better coaches. Um, It's not to say that any of the other players are stupid. It's just that, it's experience in it, you, you know, playing point guard, and when you're a soldier like that, you're basically getting early coaching experience, and obviously getting experience ten, and you're you're ready earlier, and that just leads to being able to be a coach uh, better. Yeah, you're the on court coach. You're the on court field general. Right? Yeah, you're, you're directing traffic. You should know where people are supposed to be and helping them get there. Yeah, and so that gives you preparation and knowledge, and that knowledge really leads to, you know. Being a coach, that's why all the coaches are like six foot, six foot two. There's not as many of the six foot nine coaches roaming around that are former power forwards, but they exist. They do so. exist. They do exist. Uh, we got to take another time out here in the full court press. Love to get more comments from you. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Own a small business or a farm? You thought about solar? Listen up. A new USDA grant was announced allocating $300 million for farmers and small business owners to put in solar. That's right. The government will help you get solar installed, covering 40% of the cost. And don't forget, as a business, you can save up to 50 or 60% more with federal and state tax credits. Second Sun Solar will install your system and help with the USDA paperwork. Call Second Sun Solar today at 435-363-9917 or online at utahsolardirect.com. Experts tell us that the three areas of balance for proper health are exercise, nutrition, and sleep. This is Ryan, owner of My Mattress. And while My Mattress Store can't really help with exercise and nutrition, we can help with better sleep. If a person started today to live a balanced life in health, exercise, and sleep, uh, three things might happen. One, we might throw away the bag of peanut M&Ms that we have stashed. Two, we might get up off the couch and exercise. And three, we'd come buy a new mattress here at My Mattress. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White 
This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Jason Walker, the music is done. Right, is the music. we're having a conversation <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> Getting caught up on a few things uh, that I discovered at, uh, at practice. Uh, one of those is that Connor Gillis and Connor Odom were, have been really close friends since they were kids. Good buddies. Since like I can't remember if she said uh, six years old or since sixth grade. There's a six in there somewhere. Yeah. It's only a few years apart. It's like four or five years. Yeah. So, but they've been friends for a long time. Yeah, that is still a long time. So, yeah, and so it's fitting they end up at, at college together. Obviously, both you know, walk-ons are not necessarily living the playing dream, but obviously, it's got to be a got to be a great ride. Yeah, they they get some minutes. I mean, we saw them get some time uh, just earlier this week, and hopefully, they if they have more blowouts, they get more opportunities. Yeah, I wasn't expecting them to play against Wyoming, and then all of a sudden they're coming in. I was like, oh yeah, you get thirty-three seconds each. Uh, quick, uh, just mention just before we head out to Dan Patrick and above the noise, uh, Napa Auto Parts. They sponsor Dan Patrick. Yeah, they got their case lot sale going on now. They also have a lot of great deals on a lot of other items to help during this cold weather, like uh, you know, getting a twenty dollars rebate on a Napa Legend and Napa AAA battery. You want to make sure your vehicle starts okay when it's cold, right, Jason? Yeah, some, <laughs> some car trouble. That, that you'd have an experience with that. Uh, night vision headlights, they're 50% off. And uh, diesel additives, you, know, you can save on wiper blades. Make sure that uh, it's all working properly at Napa Auto Parts. they got five locations between Preston and Providence. Uh, quick text that came through before we hand it off to uh, Dan Patrick, 2965. Uh, what's going on with Rylan? Uh, he's injured, and he's not available. Um uh, we'll find it interesting that uh, the coaches just say that he's out, but on the FS1 broadcast they said he was in concussion protocol. So uh, he's all I know that he's out. Yeah, he's he's out. That's what they've just that's what they've disclosed publicly. Um, his injury is undisclosed. So, and I don't know how long he's going to be out. Could be a while. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, it's all I can say, 2965. I wish I could give you something more definitive, but I really can't. Yeah. Uh, next hour, we'll hear more from Coach Odom, uh, his thoughts about Utah State getting ready for Nevada, and uh, the all-star voting, the second round of all-star voting is out for the NBA. Did Lowry Marketing make any moves up or down in the, uh, in the votes? And is he, uh, will he be an all-star? Should he be an all-star or or? Would somebody else potentially take a position that 
we all feel like he should take or, or should have. So we'll discuss that and pick six coming up next hour here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. At one point this season, the Miami Dolphins looked like a legit contender of the AFC. But after a slew of injuries to quarterback Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the team lost five of its last six games and barely squeaked into the playoffs. With Tua now officially ruled out for the weekend, Miami is going to have their work cut out for them against the Bills as they're two touchdown underdogs. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are a dangerous duo. However, with Skylar Thompson under center, utilizing the wideout strengths could be difficult for Mike. McDaniel on the Dolphins offense. But after a scary season where Tua has had two reported concussions and a possible third unreported head injury, rushing the QB back onto the field would be an awful look for the league that's continued to work on preventing concussions and other head injuries. And although that may be a tough pill for Miami to swallow, messing around with a player's health after a lengthy history of concussions this season would be a major step back for the NFL. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.